Hello, Marvelites. You are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 502. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Lorraine Sink, the dog whisperer, woman of many dogs, one of which is on my lap as we speak. So if you hear some weird, heavy breathing, I guarantee it's a dog, probably. <laughs> oh, doggy, doggy, dog, diggity, dog, dog, dogs. <laughs> I got nothing else but dogs on the brain. Oh, you know what? Catherine this... Grace likes likes hot dogs, and there's the the hot dog song from her Aww. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse show. So when she eats hot dogs, she dances, and it's real cute. Welcome to this weekend dog episode five hundred and two. <laughs> yeah, we could just change I would it. Whatever. Sign up for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is this week in Marvel. If you're just joining us, we're going to talk about all the things happening this week in Marvel that we're hyped about from games, comics, movies, TV, whatever's going on, and. There's a lot going on this week. It's a big one. Yeah. Big, big week because we have a new series on Disney Plus, Marvel Studios Loki. I hope that you all have watched the first episode of the show only on Disney Plus. Ryan, mm. Ryan, we can mm. finally talk about it. I know. And man, I am so excited about this series. Yeah, it's it's so good. It's so quirky and weird. The music is really good. The aesthetic is so unique and different from everything else, which is par for the course for Marvel Studios. They like everything looks so unique to itself. Yeah, it's it's giving me mid-century modern surrealness. Ooh. Right? Yeah. I, I think the show is so beautiful. It's already got a like some great intriguing emotion. I love that this Loki is not gone through the full journey that yeah. uh, Loki has in all of the films so it's a it's a cool story to tell and i can't wait to see where it goes for the series and i don't know how it ends yet right me neither we've seen a couple episodes but like there's stuff that is totally up in the air and i have a lot of guesses and a lot of thoughts but i can't wait to find out what actually happens yeah 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 oh i know who could help us figure that Mm. out we have on a very special guest this week yeah our tom hiddleston loki himself we're gonna get into chatting with mr Hiddleston later on in the episode. It was a lot of fun. I was just happy to to talk to him again. It's been a while since I've seen him. So very exciting with Tom on this week with Marvel Studios. Loki now launched on Disney Plus. Experience it only on Disney Plus. <laughs> you got you had a walk-on appearance from Catherine Grace. You want to say hello? <gasps> say this. Yeah. Week yeah. in, in Marvel. Yay! Yay! Good Good job! job. (laughs) All right. Ryan, are you after me Lucky Charms? Oh boy, Lorraine. Well, I should say Loki Charms, um, if you guys haven't been on the internet recently, Lucky Charms is being uh, shapeshifted into a new form as Loki Charms in celebration of Marvel Studios' Loki. If you go to Mischievously Delicious or mischievously delicious, depending on how you want to say it, uh, .com, you might still be able to get a box. Uh, They went live on Wednesday. They probably are sold out by now, I would guess, by the time that this goes live. Mischievously delicious, mischievously delicious, mischievously delicious. However you say it, I'm just waiting for my box to arrive. I know, and they have little Loki charms in them. They have, you know, like the little uh, Loki marshmallow situation. Yum. Uh, But what else can fans experience pretty soon? Oh, man. Marvel Studios Black Widow is almost here. There have been some great videos out 
on Marvel.com and the Marvel YouTube channel. Some new looks at the film that you all should definitely check out. You can experience Marvel Studios Black Widow July 9th in theaters and on Disney Plus with premiere access. July 9th it's is a month l- away. A, yeah, less than a month away now. It's four weeks away as bananas. of this episode releasing. It is happening. Yeah, World, yeah, get yeah. ready. I cannot wait. Also, I cannot wait to get on a plane, take a, a little bus or a car trip down to Anaheim and experience. Avengers Campus at Disney California Adventure at the Disneyland Resort. Holy moly, I am getting incredible FOMO from the last week. It's bonkers. Honestly, so a lot of our Los Angeles compatriots are going to the parks and they're showing off all the cool stuff at Avengers Campus and we're still staying home, but man, I cannot wait to get across the darn United States. Um, There's so much cool stuff. Did you get to see... Web. The students at the Worldwide Engineering Brigade are working to invent these new technologies. And it just so happens that a young hero named Peter Parker is there. Ryan, have you gotten to see some of the incredible footage of Spider Man? Yes, it's driving oh. me nuts. Uh, friend of the show and friend of ours, Jesse Falcon from Disney, who's helped create all of Marvel Legends and all kinds of fun stuff. He texted me a picture of he had the third highest score of the day on the ride. And I was like, man, I I haven't even done it once. And you you and I know he's known about it and he's like experienced the ride for a long time. It's crazy. It looks so cool. I've, uh, a friend of the show, Eric Monticelli, was posting pictures mm-hmm. of all the cool stuff. There's lots of pizza dog stuff scattered around the background mm-hmm. of different things. Uh, I sent you a picture, which was sent to me, of a squirrel girl Easter egg that's hidden yeah, in there. Yeah. Man. I can't wait to go to Pim Test Kitchen yeah. because all the food looks really yummy, but also I just love that it's all crazy distorted sizes. Yeah. <sighs> I know, I know. And there's going to be a ton of stuff more to see and do and experience as time goes on. But even, you know, there's the ancient sanctum. There's uh, more fun food things. There's all the superhero experiences and and meetups and all kinds of fun stuff that's going on. If anybody out there goes, tell us you're having a great time. I want to know. Also... At the ceremony that they had last week, they unveiled the new Captain America, Sam Mm. Wilson Captain America, which is so awesome. Heck yeah. Oh, also, you know, we've been talking about Pride Month. It's June, Mm -hmm. the month to celebrate Pride. And there are some great new titles coming to Marvel Unlimited that you should check out to celebrate Pride, like America Chavez, Made in the USA, a very... I mean, this is a very recent series that just came out, but it's now available already on Marvel Unlimited, as well as King in Black, Wiccan and Hulkling number one, uh, also new to MU. So definitely go read those, check those out. Um, They're super awesome, but there are also a ton of other great stories that are already on Marvel Unlimited and have been that are absolutely fabulous. Yeah, I want to shout out. Angela and Sarah, their mm. story through uh, all the the various Angela titles and and her stories, that romance. I don't want to spoil anything, but like, not every story is a happy ending. But just because it doesn't have a happy ending doesn't mean it's not a great story. Yeah. And man, I love their story so much. My heart breaks and aches when I think about it, but it's so good. Yeah, shout out to Marguerite Bennett for writing that story. So good. Yeah. And definitely has her stamp on it, which I think is really special. 
also the first queer wedding in Marvel history, Northstar and Kyle in Astonishing X-Men. Um, they have a great love story throughout Astonishing X-Men. I believe that's the Marjorie Lou run, mm-hmm. but just an absolutely sweet story. Love their wedding. Also, I love a Marvel wedding because like, it's just a Where's Waldo of <laughs> all of the characters that are going to be there and attend. It's my yeah. favorite. And they also, they have a wonderful marriage and they're mm-hmm. even in the pages of X Factor right now that Leah Williams writes and there's just they're so sweet and romantic in that. And that's also a great book for Pride Month. It's yeah. uh, the current X-Factor run. It's really good. There was a really sweet moment with Richter and Shatterstar recently. Yeah. That'll be on MU really soon. But it's talking about the X-Books, Mystique and Destiny. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you don't know what's going on, Mystique and Destiny, they're married. They were together for a long time. Destiny died years ago. Mm-hmm. And Destiny's mutant power was to see the future. And seems kind of problematic for the current state of mutant affairs, according to Professor Xavier and Magneto and some other folks. And Mystique just wants her wife back. And if you just think about that, like if someone said you can have the person you love brought back to life that you haven't seen in years, but we're not going to do it for you. And like they keep pulling it back and not not just giving you the one thing in the world you want and you are one of the most dangerous people on the planet you're gonna burn that sucker down yeah yeah i am team mystique all the way i love everything about krakoa but mystique gonna get hers mystique if i am feeling it 100 percent. i can't wait oh Also, just, like, wonderful that you can see that storyline going through from, like, what, 20, 30-plus years ago? Yeah. Yeah, they've been together forever. 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 It's the greatest. Oh, God, that that first death scene is crushing. And and so that is slated, it seems, to play out in the Inferno comic book that's coming later this year. So, Also, shout out to the YA titles for being, like, amazing in Mm. this respect like runaways of course you know like my favorite team the greatest carolina and nico of course being the otp but just like an amazing amazing group of characters and in the og run zavin Mm. who is all genders is just like the coolest most interesting addition to the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And the current run is I'll Shout It From the Rooftops, maybe my favorite book that we publish. And you can read thirty five or so issues on Marvel Unlimited right now. So there's no excuse. Read those comics. They're really great. Oh, they're really great comics, of course. Young Avengers, you mentioned Wiccan and Hulkling a little bit, but can't hurt to say again, read some Young Avengers. That Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey run is one of my favorite comics of all, 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 all time. You get America Chavez, you get Wiccan and Hulkling. And then in addition, you have like young Loki and all of these other amazing characters, Kate Bishop. Oh my God, that whole team is incredible. The way that story is told is incredible. Jamie McKelvey's art is so beautiful. It's so clean, but also like fashion. I, I just cannot get enough of it. It's the greatest. Go read all of those comics, report back. They are all officially my favorite. Uh, I know we're going to have a a proper question of the week, but we would love to, throughout all of June, let us know what comics you love 
what you would recommend someone who wants to celebrate pride what they can read on marvel unlimited what are your favorite marvel stories with queer characters let us know use the hashtag this week in marvel you can email them to twin podcast at marvel.com and of course mark okay to read we want to share we want yeah, to share yeah yeah so i i mentioned the x books a bit because i'm deep in my X-Men oh, yeah. cups right now. I am loving everything X-Men. I just did a fun X-Men project that'll be released in July and some other things. But the Hellfire Gala is currently going on in the pages of every X title. I got to say, jump on that Hellfire Gala bandwagon. We talked about it last mm-hmm, week because, mm-hmm. of course, Lorraine, you and I and James, we made our cameos in, in the pages of X-Force. Which was, in fact, the greatest thing ever. I have to admit, I went to my local comic shop, which is my new local comic shop. What's uh, the name of the shop? Rift Comics in Peekskill, New York. Cool. And, and I got three copies of, yeah. the, of it in print because I mostly have digital comics these days. And then I was trying to get all the variants and I'm just like, oh man, I'm on a quest for all the variants. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. So the Hellfire Gala going on, X-Force was last week, but this week... The Hellfire Galas include Jonathan Hickman's final issue of the current X-Men run, and it is a big one. It reveals the new squad of X-Men to the the world of the Marvel Universe and also opens up with one of my favorite recent Namor scenes. It's like four pages of Namor being like, I'm above you trash, Professor (laughs) X and Magneto. You are garbage. I control 70% of the earth. I'm going to go hang out with the Avengers who are closer to my level. And it's just like hot take and ooh, saucy. It's so good. And he looks so friggin' great in it. Man, I love the Hellfire Gala. <laughs> it is the best. Um, There's also a lot of other cool stuff that's going to be coming for comics in coming months. They just recently announced that the death of Doctor Strange is on the way in September. It's going to be a sad day. Yeah, and that one, it's written by Jed McKay. Jed is doing incredible, incredible work Mm. across Black Cat books and a bunch of other things. And art by Lee Garbett, who did really, really great work on Captain Marvel of Mm. late. I know the story here. It's it's going to be a a big one. It's going to be really cool. That, That comes out starting in September. Heck yeah. And then the United States of Captain America is kicking off for July 4th, which is technically the Wednesday before uh, June 30th. But there are going to be some cool Captain Americas that are going to be introduced in that series. Uh, and another one was just announced. Ari Agbayani is a young female local Captain America who has been created for the series. You should check out her design by Jody Nishijima, as well as Alyssa Wong, who has been, of course, doing wonderful work on Star Wars Dr. Aphra. So a really super cool character. I hope you guys will check her out and uh, start reading that United States of Captain America, Cap's 80th anniversary. Can you believe it? He's got buns that don't look over 25. (laughs) The young buns. Yum, yum. All right, Lorraine, uh, one of the big things that happened this week and I want to talk about right now is the nominations for the Eisner Awards were released. And the Eisner Awards, for everybody who doesn't know, are the annual awards celebrating some of the best in comics. It's pretty cool if you're nominated mm-hmm. for an Eisner Award. It's like fabulous and wonderful. It's it's like the Oscar Awards of comic books. Yes. Does that seem accurate? That I think seemed- so. Yeah, totally. So we at Marvel had a bunch of nominations for Best Continuing Series. Daredevil by Chip Starsky and Marco Coquetto was nominated. Best New Series, one that I wholeheartedly agree with, Black Widow by Mm. Kelly Thompson and Elena Casagrande. Wow, wow, wow. That book is so great. Please, 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 everybody go check it out. 
Over on Best Writer, Jonathan Hickman was nominated for some of his X-Men work, and Chip Zdarsky was nominated for, among things, Daredevil and Fantastic Four X-Men. So the two of them will battle it out for supremacy. Best Penciler Inker uh, nomination goes to Marco Cacchetto for Daredevil. Again, that book, terrific. Everybody should check it out. Peach Momoko was nominated for Best Cover Artist for all of her amazing Marvel variants. Over on the coloring side, we have two Marvel colorists who are nominated. Matthew Wilson, who does a ton of books, including Thor, and Marte Gracia, who does Empire and Ten of Swords, and will be doing the upcoming X-Men book and Planet-Size X-Men as well. So lots there. And Dave Stewart, who did Spider-Man. Oh, yes. Spider-Man issues that were colored by Dave Stewart. Good eyes, Lorraine. Over on the best lettering, uh, one of the hardest working people in comics was nominated. Our pal Clayton Cowles over at VC, uh, nominated for a ton of books, including Morbius, Ten of Swords, and more. I think he lettered the monumental Venom number 200, which will be out next week. So tons and tons of great nominations for the Eisners. Yeah. Kudos to everybody who is nominated. That is the greatest part just to be recognized. Yes, it is wonderful to be nominated. And uh, I'm sure it's even cooler to win one. So we will keep our eyes and ears peeled for the winners to be announced in 32 categories in an online ceremony during Comic-Con at Home on July 23rd. Uh, All right, let's talk about Marvel Unlimited again real quick, because starting this month, Alien number one hits the service, uh, which is really cool. I wasn't sure if the Alien books were going to hit Marvel Unlimited, but boom, Alien number one by Philip Kennedy Johnson and Salvador La Roca comes later this month. It's a great book. It's a horror title. If you like the Alien franchise, you like scary monster stuff, it's good. It's nasty. I read issue four, I think, yesterday, and it's... It's a whopper. Um, speaking of things you can enjoy right now, Marvel's Wastelanders Old Man Star-Lord is out. Episode three came out this week. The first two episodes came out last week, so you can listen to all of those right now wherever you get your podcasts or especially on SiriusXM. But um, I think we should listen to a, a little clip. Give everybody a taste of the sweet podcasty goodness. Have my daughter with me that morning, Megan. She's the one who saw it first, asking me, what's that in the sky, Daddy? At first, I thought it was a plane. I could see the shape of it streaking above and and the shadow of it sliding across the ground. And then, boom. Hey, 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 I know I was blindly drunk yesterday, but I think I recognize that guy from Outpost 13. Rattlesnake Pete. Everybody just stay low at the window, all right? I say red. How much ammo you got there, Red? Enough. <laughs> Music to my ears. Red Crowder, get on out here. Brightside, crowd of bloodthirsty idiots is better than a doomba. You hear me? Dark side. They'll probably cannibalize our remains. So good. <laughs> ah, jinx! The, the show is wonderful. We have Mr. Benjamin Percy, who wrote the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll be on Marvel's pull list soon. Um, and he also tweeted out that there's a digital billboard in Times Square for the podcast, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Also, he's on the pages of X-Force 20 with us. He's the guy in the plaid suit. But you've got a lot of stuff coming up on Marvel's pull list. 
Yeah, this week uh, we did a reading club with writer Al Ewing about his run on Loki, Agent of Asgard, which was really cool. Just talking to him about his choices and what he did and, and all the different things. And that's such a, like a, I think that's a really landmark series for mm. Loki and for continuing to redefine Loki as not a black hat sort of bad guy character, mm. um, potentially an antagonist, but also like a multi-layered and, and how he sort of sees himself and has to battle himself in a number of ways. So definitely check that out if you have any interest in Loki. It's a really fun one this week. I love Loki because he has every making to be a hero, except for his own sort of internal struggle with himself. If Loki could just get some therapy. Yeah. He could be amazing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We'll talk more Loki later, but... What we're also hopefully going to be talking about later is some video game stuff because E3 week is kind of begun across the video game industry. Uh, I know many of our listeners are huge gamer fans. I know, Lorraine, you like to dabble in the video games as well, <laughs> but E3 is just like the biggest video game news party of the year for a lot of people. It's going to be weird because it's all virtual, but it's bigger than it was last year, it seems. And so a lot of the companies are coming out guns blazing. I'm very excited to learn about a lot of stuff. But we did find out that Square Enix is going to have their Square Enix Presents on June 13th at 12.15 Pacific, 3.15 p.m. Eastern. And they have said they will be talking about some updates for Marvel's Avengers. So stay tuned for that. We'll be dropping any information we get next week in the show. Speaking of games, and speaking of it being Pride, there are a bunch of awesome things happening with Marvel Games to celebrate Pride. First up, we have Marvel Strike Force, which has a bunch of Marvel's LGBTQ plus heroes coming to the game. There's going to be tons of events throughout June featuring Iceman, America Chavez, Mystique, Shatterstar, as well as some new folks to the game, Phyla Vale and Moondragon, also an OTP that we mm -hmm, should have mm -hmm. mentioned. Yep, a yep. great couple. Love it. Yeah, that's Marvel Strike Force. Oh, also, in case you missed it, the Infinity Watch has descended upon Marvel Strike Force. So there's also new characters, Adam Warlock, joining uh, Moondragon and Phyla Vale. So lots of cool stuff going on over there. Over in Marvel Contest of Champions, there's a cool new uh, wallpaper featuring the LGBTQ plus heroes of the contest, which includes Hercules and Angela, America Chavez and Iceman. Oh, yeah, Hercules in the, the last year or so of yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Awesome. You know, lots of good stuff in there. If you want to celebrate Pride with Herc, big burly man like that. Um, I love him. I have I have a little Marvel Legends of him over there. He's so wonderful. And of course, Marvel Puzzle Quest is having a player versus player uh, event throughout the month that's going to feature LGBTQ characters like Eisman, Black Cat, Valkyrie, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, Wiccan, Northstar, Dawkin, Mystique, Carolina Dean, and America Chavez. So much good stuff. Definitely... If you don't have those games downloaded, they're free to download on the App Store or Google Play. Go check them out. Play them. They're super fun. Enjoy. Yeah. Uh, Dokken. Oh, man. There's so many great characters. We didn't even talk about Dokken. I know. Rocking for Dokken. All right. Before we roll into the rest of the show, one last piece of news, which hit as uh, we're recording. Fall Out Boy's Patrick Stump is performing the theme song for Marvel's Spidey and His Amazing Friends. It's the new series that is coming to Disney Junior this summer. Uh, Patrick also serves as composer and songwriter of the series. I got to talk to Patrick about all this, which will be up on the show 
sometime soon. He's great. It was a lot of fun. I got to talk about some very obscure Chicago hardcore bands with him, which made me really happy in the midst of talking about a show for very small children, which was terrific. Uh, And I know Catherine is going to lose her mind about this show. It's going to be so great. Oh, it is so cute. All right, Lorraine, it is time for Tom Hiddleston to rejoin us here on This Week in Marvel. It was a pleasure. We got to hear about Tom's origin story for Marvel, which is really cool. We talk about getting back into the mindset of Loki from 2012, uh, right after the events of Marvel's Avengers. And of course, how he met director Kate Herron and head writer Michael Waldron and so much more. You know what? It's a 4D experience, a definitive ding-dang delight with Tom Hiddleston here on This Week in Marvel. (laughs) All right, so we'll kick things off because it's been a while since you've been on the show and since I've seen you. So one of the questions we like to ask now is, what is your Marvel origin story? And in the sense of learning about the characters, becoming a fan, not necessarily working, but just like, how did you first learn about Marvel and what they were? That's great. So my Marvel origin story is probably the Spider-Man cartoon when I was a child, I would think. Loved that. And that's a really, that's rewinding all the way back to when I was very, very small. Sure. And yeah, remembering that and sort of, you know, watching it with my beans on toast and then running into the garden and trying to swing from the <laughs> from the tree <laughs> and probably falling off the tree and... And then separately to that, I remember a very good friend of mine at school had a deck of Marvel supervillain and superhero top trumps. I don't know if you have these things in the States, but basically like top trumps was a card game and you could have all kinds of different categories. You could have like fighter jets or fast cars or I don't know, it was sort of, or there was like a category. And then, so you'd have a picture of, something inside the category and then the kind of vital statistics and you'd split the deck in two and play with a friend and then if you had the if it was your go you get to choose which of those vital statistics to read out and then if your number was higher than the opposite one you get to take their card okay and the winner is the person who ends up with all the cards and the best thing about the marvel superhero and supervillain top trumps was the top of my card might be hulk and the top of your card might be spider-man And if I picked agility, my number would be lower than yours. But if I picked weight, my number would be higher. So I would get Spider-Man. I would be able to win Spider-Man. But I wouldn't know if you had Spider-Man. You might have Thor, who I think was heavier than the Hulk. So anyway, and there was like a Trump, I think literally a Trump card was the one with the highest numbers on every category. It was like height, weight, speed, agility, and superpowers. Those were the categories. I can't remember what superhero was basically the highest number. It must have been, Thor was pretty close. Wolverine maybe. I remember the highest one for the villains pack was Galactus. Makes sense. Galactus would win on everything. Sure. You know, asking this question so often, that's the first time I've ever heard Top trumps as yeah. as an answer. It's a really good game, by the way. If you can get if you can get your hands on these top trumps, I think my friend, yeah, you know, he's still one of my oldest friends, and I think he still has those. I think he still has them. I mean, it's great. We should find out if we can 
just make them again yeah. and relicense them. Yeah. Thinking about you know where we are right now, this year marks 10 years since Marvel Studios Thor came out. So that's 10 plus years of Loki inside your head. Yeah. What do you know about the character now that maybe you didn't back then? What do I know about him now that I didn't know? I think I know more about his many different iterations than I did back then, I suppose. That's really been really interesting in terms of his journey through the comics and different graphic artists, different comic writers, different imaginations, different takes on the character from different people. I remember early on, I went back to the Stan Lee and Jack Kirby stuff, and then I kind of went through Walt Simonson and up to J. Michael Straczynski. But I know much more about these other iterations of Loki, I suppose, the more contemporary ones, Daniel Kibblesmith. I know more about Kid Loki. I know more about the mythos, I suppose. And having played him, I know more about... It's really interesting because you, every time I play him, it's almost like a, you send out a musical signal and it echoes in the world and comes back to you through the audience. And I know more about what he means to people and what people find interesting about him and what people want to know more about him and and then very privately I suppose there's what I continue to find interesting about him too so that I'm not constantly just recycling the same stuff or reheating you know yesterday's recipe I guess so that's been a really interesting journey he's a deep and profound character who contains a huge amount of complex feeling and that that feeling resonates out there in, in the readership and in the audience, I think, I guess. A hundred percent. I mean, even when I, I'll post something about a Loki comic or a toy, I can see how your performance and the, the films and, and everything have really influenced the fandom of Loki. And it's it's kind of beautiful to see. And I, I watched the first episode again of Marvel Studios Loki this morning. And the moment where, where Loki finally like accepts who he is and that that conversation he has with Mobius. Yeah. It was just so, it was really great, Tom. It was really, really Thank great. you. Thank you very much. It was really thrilling to sort of play that scene because it's very unusual for him to, to sort of settle that much honesty with anyone, you know? I feel like Loki has, every time he's confronted with a demand for truthfulness, he's resistant and he tries to kind of get around it or get past it or make a joke about it or deflect it. And I'm referring to those scenes with Odin and Frigga and Thor and constantly like where he just finds a way to wriggle out of that confrontation and somehow in that scene with Mobius, there's no way out. There's no way past it. He's got to stare at his reflection and be honest for once. And that to me felt like a new flavor, which we could then use as a, a starting point for the next five hours. Yeah, it, it's interesting because of where Loki starts in the series. And was it strange or difficult or normal for you to jump into a Loki that hasn't experienced a lot of things that very much shaped his path and what we've seen him do and, and think about on screen? Yeah, it was definitely a bit of a, I had to do a little bit of thinking about trying to get back into the mindset of the Loki from Avengers in 2012. Quite uh, self-possessed and with a very hard outer shell and very defended and very defensive and um, kind of 
pompous and grand and, and hubristic, you know. <laughs> he knows what he wants, he knows how he's gonna get it, and he's kind of witheringly superior to people who he regards as beneath him. And that was definitely different from where I've been more recently in Ragnarok and Infinity War. But I knew where we were going. What I loved about the first episode is it's this Loki we all know, entitled and haughty and uh, self-righteous and puffed up. And, and he's completely out of his comfort zone immediately. This very controlled character is out of control. He's stripped of everything that's familiar. There's no Asgard, there's no green and gold, there's no helmet, there's no magic, there's no Thor. There's just this indeterminately infinite bureaucracy of the TVA and he doesn't understand it and he doesn't know what the rules are. And his confusion was really delicious for me to kind of jump into. It shows. Thinking about you know this series, when did you first start talking with Marvel Studios about continuing Loki's story on Disney Plus? So yeah, the first time I heard about it was around the time of the release of Avengers Infinity War, which is the spring of 2018. And um, I got a call from uh, Luis D'Esposito and um, he said that, you know, he'd just come out of a meeting with Kevin Feige and um, there were plans afoot for the launch of this new idea called Disney Plus. And um, they were coming up with ideas for what to develop. And, you know, within half an hour, they'd all said, we should make a show about Loki. Somebody give Tom a ring. <laughs> so it was, it was, I was on the phone to Lewis and, and because Infinity War was, it was, it was either out or it was about to come out. And I thought, hang on a second. I just, <laughs> the world is literally about to see Loki say goodbye. <laughs> and, and I, so it was a bit of a, 180, a kind of about turn for me to go, okay, how do we do this? We just, I'm fairly certain that Thanos, I was there, you know, I was like, I was there. It was pretty conclusive <laughs> what happens in the beginning of that film. So, um, but it became a very exciting period of, what was nice is we had some time and it was a very exciting summer of scratching our heads and, and working out how we might develop something and um, everybody at Marvel Studios was extremely generous to me in including me in those early conversations and were curious to know what I felt you know in the previous six movies that I had made what aspects of Loki I felt I hadn't explored that could be explored further and I remember thinking we had conversations about well you know his capacity as, a, as somebody who wields magic with great skill and his shape-shifting and his mercurial transgressiveness. This idea of him inhabiting the nature of chaos itself. And I can claim no credit whatsoever for the best idea that anyone had, which was the TVA. And suddenly it all started to crystallize of this very chaotic character in opposition to an institution that represented order and the confusion for Loki about time, the process and, and unfolding of reality and the delineation and determination of time. That these were things that would excite and infuriate and provoke Loki. And then we were suddenly, we were off to the races and, and started coming up with stuff. Yeah. Do you remember your first conversations with director Kate Heron or uh, writer Michael Waldron? I, I think to me, imagine it's like a parent sitting down with his kid's, you know, first big date and like, what are your intentions with my child? <laughs> 
<laughs> it was quite like that. Um, it was, uh, I do remember them very well. And uh, I was in uh, Los Angeles and I think Michael Waldron had been, he had written a pilot and he was working away with a team of writers on the successive five episodes. And we met and I actually spent a week with him or four days in, in a writer's room. And um, I'd read the first episode and I thought it was brilliant. And um, we got along. He was so respectful, first of all, and he was so generous. And I thought his ideas were great. We basically met one morning for brunch, which kind of rolled into brunch, lunch, sort of dinner time. And then we got to dinner and we were like, should we meet tomorrow morning? Because <laughs> I wasn't in town for very long. And it was like kind of synchronizing watches because we just wanted to download each other on sort of all of the data. And um, we were kind of workshopping that first scene with Loki and Mobius. And, and he initially, I think, was worried that it was the scene itself was too long maybe. And there was so much talking between two characters and... I was like, lean into it. It's so great. And the dynamic between Mobius and Loki is so great. And make sure you get Mobius to like provoke him in this way and needle him in this way and bring up this and bring up that. And Michael was like, oh, okay, Tom's, Tom's in. And Michael and I sort of still talk about those breakfasts that we had because we didn't feel we had very much time. And they made us feel very close very quickly because we were kind of talking about some quite profound ideas. So yeah, um, it was a great time with Michael. And then not long after that, Kate, I was doing a play in New York on Broadway and Kate came, she kind of stopped off on her way to Los Angeles in New York to meet me. And we went out for this ama amazing meal and then went for a big walk in Central Park. And it was so funny because I realized, I, I remember I asked her within about two minutes, I said, what do you think this show is about? And she said, I think it's about self-acceptance. And I thought, okay, I'm in. And then she gave me this full pitch and, and she had all these images and a playlist and architecture and paintings and art and references. And I thought this, I mean, I realized this was the thing that, that uh, Kevin Feige and everybody at Marvel Studios had been so impressed by. But there was a funny thing because the restaurant was quite busy. Bear in mind, it was 2019, this is pre-pandemic. And we both had to speak in code. <laughs> and I can't, I can't remember what we, the name, we gave some really like, we gave some names for the characters. Like, I think it was like Peter and Josh or something. It was sort of, what can we call, or Adam? Like, so Adam is gonna get arrested by the DMV or <laughs> whatever it was that we had said. And then he's gonna show up and then Michael or like Peter is gonna ask him some questions. And he would try and I was like, and I would go, wait, which one? Is it, which one's Peter? Which one's Michael? Yeah. Um, because we didn't want anyone to know what we were talking about. So that was a long running joke. But yeah, I always think of my two meetings with Kate and, and Michael as like, as a kind of moment of synchronizing watches. I love, always love that phrase anyway, that everyone's just telling the same time. No pun intended, but yeah, like well. making sure we all, we all knew what the time was and, and we could sort of email or call each other at any time of the day or night with a good idea. So, yeah. Tom, thanks so much. It was good to see you. Good to talk to you. Thank you, Ryan. Likewise. Oh, that was all you promised and more, Ryan. Tom Hiddleston, what a just lovely human being. He was 
absolutely amazing. Um, and, you know, stay tuned on This Week in Marvel because we might have some more folks from Marvel Studios Loki in the coming days, weeks, months, years, centuries ahead. Yes, but Lorraine... We have a bonus for this episode. We have a second interview, a fun one we a did with. A bonus. That's right. We did an interview with young Maxwell Simpkins, one of the stars of the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. He was so great. He's so he's like this young man who has a very good head on his shoulders. He talked about his favorite Marvel movies and shows. How he used to dress up as Marvel characters for Halloween. Uh, and of course, you can see Maxwell on the Mighty Ducks Game Changers on Disney Plus. All episodes are available now. All right, Lorraine, we are uh, joined by a fellow podcaster of sorts. Uh, <laughs> sir, would you please introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Maxwell Simpkins, and I'm on the new show, The Mighty Ducks Game Changers, now streaming on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. It's so great to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. So whenever we have somebody on, we like to ask them, what is your Marvel origin story? What is the first thing that introduced you to the Marvel Universe, whether it's comic books or movies or TV? Yeah, of course. Who who doesn't love and know Marvel? Um, my, <laughs> my original favorite superhero was Spider-Man. I grew up as Spider-Man. Every single year, besides when I was two years old, every single year... Up until like two years ago, I dressed up as a superhero every year, always a Marvel superhero. I've been Iron Man, I've been Hulk, I've been Spider-Man, I've been War Machine. I was Thor one year. You name them in the Avengers. I've been. I was Captain America. I've been. I've been everyone. So, yeah. <laughs> of course, I, I don't remember the name of the show, but it was a cartoon. A couple years ago, it was a cartoon, and it had the Avengers and the X-Men all in it. It would come on during the summer, and after summer camp every day, me and my friend. We'd go watch it at his house, and I, I just remember loving it so much. And yeah, my brother he loves superheroes so much, so it's, it's really cool. That's awesome. When you were dressing up, did you did you like you and your your family make the costumes, or did you buy them? Like I yeah, yeah. I I've recently been making my costumes, but back then I was like like five through ten, so I couldn't I couldn't. <laughs> but me and my brother would always dress up as a duo. Like whenever I'd be Iron Man, he'd be War Machine. When I was Hulk one year, he was Red Hulk. I was Deadpool one year, and he was Wolverine. Doesn't really go to, well, they're enemies, <laughs> so even that works. But yeah, we've always done like duo costumes. I love him, yeah. That's great. Oh, that's so great. Do you have an all-time favorite Marvel character? Yes, Deadpool. Deadpool. Really, why is that? We got the Deadpool helmet right back there. Deadpool, my <laughs> favorite character of all time. Like, it's, it's great. Like, when Marvel movies are so funny, like, I'm not gonna lie, you people under, under underestimate like the jokes that the writers put in there. It's actually funny movies to watch. It has action, is everything. But Deadpool was such a funny movie. It was incredible. And I was waiting in Endgame for just Deadpool to jump out with like, one of the and just, yeah! And, and kill Thanos. That was, that was what I was waiting for in the theater. But no, I love Deadpool so much. All right. Well, so Deadpool, amazing movie. We all love Deadpool, but it's not MCU. Do you have a favorite yeah. MCU film? My favorite MCU film. I'm actually going back and watching them all in chronological order. Right now mm -hmm. I'm on Thor Ragnarok. But um, my favorite MCU hero would probably have to be Hulk. I don't know. Hulk just, the fact that he's like, he is a regeneration. He's super strong. No one can really stop him. If <laughs> he just goes full rage mode. No one can really stop him. Like, he survived the snap. 
Like, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, he's, his power, I think, is really underestimated. But Captain America with the hammer, once he became worthy, was like a whole nother, <laughs> whole nother level of awesomeness. Were you in a theater when uh, to see that? What was that like, yes. that experience? Yes. My good friend, um, Ethan Wacker um, from Bizarre Bark, we went to the movies every week or so, every weekend. And Endgame and Infinity War came out while we were filming that show. So right as we were starting, Infinity War came out, and we went to the theater, and we watched that one together, and we loved it. And I remember when Endgame came out, and all the superheroes were running through the portal. I was going, yeah! I was standing up at my seat cheering. He was like, shut up! Sit down! <laughs> it was funny. I, I remember that, though. It, I love those movies so much. Heck yeah, that's awesome. Oh man, I love I love going back and watching people's reactions to them. Yeah. yeah. So you're an actor in your own right. When did you start acting? Because you are not quite as old as Ryan and I. <laughs> uh, no, you guys are like 20, right? Yeah. Yeah, Aww, yeah, you got it. How sweet of you. Of Stay no. as long as you want. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, um, no but um, I started when I was six years old. And yeah, I started, um, we found a small, I'm from Philadelphia. So we found a small agency in New Jersey, and they gave me a chance of an audition, and I booked it. It was a movie with, it's called And So It Goes, with uh, Rob Reiner as the director. And the stars were uh, Michael Douglas and um, Diane Keaton. And Michael Douglas was actually an Ant-Man, so that, that's mm -hmm. really cool to think about that. Yeah, I Michael Douglas, he was in my very first movie, so that was, yeah. That's some pretty fancy company for a first film. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> also, I did a movie with Anthony Mackie before he ever played Falcon. Mm -hmm. I did that movie probably 2014 or 15. And then his Avenger movie came out that year or so. So that was really cool to be able to have known him. Yeah, yeah. I love Anthony. He's so funny and yeah. just a sweet guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right now, you know, where everybody's being able to watch uh, the Mighty Ducks Game Changers on Disney Plus, as you mentioned, you're a pro. Tell us a little bit about what the show is about. The show is about this ragtag team of kids who don't know how to play hockey whatsoever. And Evan Morrow, my next door neighbor, he gets cut from the Ducks. The Ducks are now a lot different from the 90s movies. They're... Um, crazy with power they're really jerks <laughs> they're mean yeah they're really really attitude so they cut evan because they don't think he's good enough and me and evan go out on the hunt to make a new team and we find all these kids and we put them all together and we train 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 and there's a lot of character development in it like you learn a lot about each and every character in the show as the show goes on so i hope people will really really like it so tell us, speaking of character development, tell us a little bit about your character, Nick, and what he's all about. Yeah, he's a podcaster. He's a podcaster. Yeah. Um, he's really, really funny and outgoing, but he's also shy at the same time, if that makes any sense. <laughs> he, he likes to stay back and let the action happen and then come in. He's not really one of the guys that like to be on the front line and see everything happen, but he's a really, really fun kid, and he's incredible to play. You know, it's interesting when you're describing the character, he helps put the team together. He's kind of doesn't, isn't on the front lines. Kind of sounds like a Nick Fury to me. Yeah, that's what I was saying. He's like, he's like, he's like the mastermind in the back. He just knows what's going on. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Had you seen the original Mighty Ducks films before you got involved in the series? Yes. Yes. I watched all three of them with my dad and my brother. And we actually found... Uh, the original first Mighty Ducks on VCR in the basement, unopened, unopened. <laughs> I just, and we 
well, because we went back to Philly for Christmas right when we got done filming the show, and I said, isn't that crazy? And we had this unopened in our basement the whole time, and yeah. let alone out of all the films in the world, this is the one I book. That's pretty a, cool. A good omen, yeah. for yeah, sure. Yeah, crazy. That's crazy. Um, now, one thing that is necessary for this show to work is that you guys all got to play hockey. Yes. Um, <laughs> had you played hockey before you started the series? Not really. I'd skated here and there, but I've never really been good. Um, in the audition room, they were like, so you're good at skating? I'm like, yep. Um, um, but no, Sway on the show, she figure skated, so she was... She was really good throughout the get-go. Kiefer, he's skated since he was like two or three, so he's incredible. And Brady's played roller hockey his whole life, so he was incredible. So we all had a lot of catching up to do because they, <laughs> they were really good. Lorraine, can you ice skate? I can't. I can't really do it. I can ice skate forward. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. And and I can make a small circle, and that is the, my full repertoire. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That's, 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 that's more than me, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but did you get better working on the series? What was yes, the training like? We did a boot camp for like four weeks in total. So they we got like real NHL players to teach us. Cool. So we became we became pretty good. I learned to skate backwards. So yeah. Uh, you can teach me. I don't I'll, know teach how. You guys. I'll teach you guys. We gotta go ice skating. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Here's a here's a fun thought. So your character hosts a podcast about hockey in in the yes. show. The podcast is called The Wraparound, right? Yes. So if Nick had a podcast in the Marvel universe, what do you think it would be about? Because a podcast is going to podcast. They're going to take yeah. their their skills <laughs> wherever they are. But we've got superheroes running around. You got all kinds of wild stuff. What do you think Nick would podcast about in the Marvel universe? I think he would podcast about probably the events going on and like breaking down the movies and like i don't know i'm really interested in that knowing about like like what was going on behind the scenes and stuff so i personally do want to know about that i think nick would probably do that too but i did a movie with the with the guy who did all the makeup and stunts for infinity war and endgame and he'd tell me all these cool scenes like he told me chris hemsworth loves jelly beans <laughs> and in a bunch of scenes you'll you'll see that there are little jelly bean wrappers in the back, like not, not exposed, but he tells me that there would always be jelly bean wrappers behind the counter or something. <laughs> He'd always be snacking on jelly beans. So that's that's something cool, I think, which is, yeah. That's how he has the six pack, all yeah, the jelly beans. All the jelly beans. All the yeah, jelly, it's beans. A jelly bean pack. Exactly. <laughs> so, so the wraparound in the Marvel Universe is just like the details that nobody tells you. Exactly. exactly. I love it. So, I want to play a little game, which is if you had all of the characters in the Marvel Universe and yes. you were going to divvy up a couple of them to the Don't Bothers and to the Ducks, which Marvel heroes and or villains do you think belong on either team? Oh, man. I think if I was going to break it up, I think Wolverine would be on the Don't Bothers. I think <laughs> I think the Hulk would be on Don't Bothers because we have DJ and he's on our team. He's like crazy, he goes crazy, he goes sicko mode, as you could say. <laughs> so that's kind of Hulk. I think I'd be Iron Man. So I think I think those guys. But I think Loki would be on our team. He's like he's like a bad guy, but like sh turns. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna give any spoilers away for the show, <laughs> but some stuff goes down. So. Loki definitely. I think on the other side would definitely be Thanos. Mm. He's Whoa. a beast. Um, 
I do think, though, I do really think Scarlet Witch would definitely be on the Ducks. Probably. And messing with their mind and the trash talk? I think so. I think so. <laughs> I like that. That's a good trash talk. Yeah, like I yeah. said, very Nick Fury-esque here. You, you, yes. you got a mind for putting this all together. It's really good. I think good. Nick Fury would be Bombay. Uh-huh. Coach Bombay. He'd be, he'd be Nick Fury. There you go. Organizing that team. Yeah. <laughs> Maxwell, thanks so much for joining us. Um, when our, our fans go and check out uh, the Mighty Ducks Game Changers on Disney+, Plus, what do you want them to take away from the show? What do you want them to look for and, and enjoy out of the show? Just never give up. No matter how many times in life you fall down, no matter, it doesn't matter about how many times you fall down. It's about how many times you get up and keep going. It's, even in the Marvel Universe, when you die, you don't die until <laughs> you've lost. It's not over until it's over. You know what I mean? So you can always get up and keep trying, keep going. And as long as you take two steps forward and you take one step back, you're at least making progress. And I think that's just in life, too. So you always got to remember, it's not about when you're down. It's about moving yourself so you can get back up and keep striving for greatness. So I think, I think that has a lot to do with the show, and I hope people take that away from the show, too. Maxwell, you're spoken like a young Captain America. Thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you yes. so much. <laughs> and look, when you book your your MCU gig, eventually yeah. down the line, you got to come back and talk to us. Definitely. Uh, uh, you, Definitely. We'll have known you way back when, and then you'll be some big superhero. It'll be great. That sounds incredible. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. It was incredible talking to you guys. Oh, Maxwell, what a sweet, sweet kid. Had great insight into the heart of a hero. Just a delight. But we're not done yet because we have more shows to talk about next week. You are right, Lorraine, because next week we're all about Marvel's MODOK on Hulu. We have Amy Garcia and Jordan Bloom. Amy plays Jody on the show, and Jordan Bloom is the uh, one of the executive producers and showrunners and creators of the show. I'm very excited. I get to talk about Modoc yeah. again forever, and yeah, it's it's really good. So we're gonna do that next week. We're gonna yeah. have them on. So with that in mind, our question of the week should be: What is your favorite thing? from Marvel's MODOK on Hulu, or if you are watching it on Star and Disney Plus around the world. I know you haven't seen all the episodes yet, but favorite thing so far. So it could be a favorite moment, a favorite line, a favorite episode. Do you like that MODOK calls Iron Man a wet Do you like the fact that MODOK's mom mentions he has a womb-destroying head at the very beginning of the show? There's so many wonderful bits and lines and moments throughout. Uh, Lorraine, do you have a favorite? Um, I like that they have used Third Eye Blind to be a passionate love anthem and deeper metaphor for the show because it's ridiculous and I love it. Yeah. It's so wonderful. I can't wait for you guys to listen to both Amy and Jordan. Also, Amy, like shout out to Amy being a hardcore nerd yeah. in her own right. That just brought me great joy the best. But you guys can tweet us your answers using the hashtag This Week in Marvel. You can email them to twinpodcast at marvel.com or you can send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash thisweekinmarvel. And of course, please make sure to tell us it's okay to read on the show. This week, we are all about Loki once again. So the question of the week we asked y'all was, what moment from Loki's history has been your absolute favorite so far? First up, we have a tweet from our pal Karis Pollard at a Karis Pollard. She says, it's really tough picking a favorite Loki moment as he's full of fun ones, but 
As a full-on Cap fan, the bit in Marvel Studios' Thor The Dark World, where he pretends to be Cap, will always have a place in my heart. Awesome acting by Tom Hiddleston and Chris Evans as well. Yeah, um, next up we have the Kawhi Prince at Colin J, who says, Hi, Ryan, Lorraine, and James. My favorite Loki moment in comics was my drag brunch with Loki. I think the parallels between drag being an illusion and Loki being full of illusions while also being in drag as Kate is just genius. I love that. That was Anthony Oliveira who was on the show and we chatted with a while back. Just a delight. I, I love too that you know he's a huge fan of drag and so he brought his own love of drag into the series. Truly great. All right, we've got a tweet in here from Rodrigo Marcondes at Marcondes R10, which says, Hi, Ryan and Lorraine. My favorite Loki's moment in the MCU is definitely all the scenes with him in Marvel Studios' Thor Ragnarok, especially when Hulk smashes his brother, as well as, Your savior is here, and one of the best, funniest moments during the movie, Get Help. The elevator scene, gotta love it. I also love those moments where they explore Thor and Loki truly as brothers who used to play together and hang out. I I love that too, just about sort of Taika Waititi's vision of those characters. (laughs) Of being like, well, what would it really be like to be two like godlings growing up together, like messing with each other? Yep. From Heather G, Loki moment, his arc in Marvel Studios Ragnarok, where he starts as a fraudulent Asgardian hero and ends with, your savior is here. And while it's full of megalomania, it's also full of truth. For the first time, he is a hero to his people. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right, we have an email in here from our pal Aiden. He said, hey, Twim, it's Aiden, still 11 and in the Golden State. Loki is a pretty fun character. He's hilarious. I love to hate him and all his relationships, whether it's with his siblings or his parents, are so complicated. You guys asked a pretty hard question, but I'm going to have to say my favorite Loki moment is Get Help, which, in case anybody forgot, was from Marvel Studios' Thor Ragnarok. Get Help is probably one of the funniest parts of the movie. Also, who here doesn't enjoy watching brothers bickering in an elevator? Your fan, Aiden. Thank you, Aiden. We always love hearing from you. And Get Help, it's a big hit. Everybody loves Get Help. It always works. Next up, we have Joanna19 at Ioana Agora1921, who said, okay, I have so many fave moments from Loki's history, but I beg your pardon, is number one. Terrific. All right, we've got more in here. Let's roll through. And we got Dancy Doe votes Loki at Yoko Doziel, which says, the scene from Marvel Studios' Thor Ragnarok when Thor is in the spaceship and thinks that Loki is just a projection. So he throws the bottle cap at him, saying he wishes he was there. And Loki catches it and says... I am here. Just three words, but always makes me tear up. Oh, the best. Uh, Next up, we have Julia at Jewel Angel, who says, my favorite is the best and the saddest. When he says, I, Loki, Prince of Asgard, Odin's son in Marvel Studios' Avengers Infinity War. He finally accepted that he was Thor's brother and was going to try to save what was left of his family. Broke my heart. Oh, I know. Such such great writing and, and delivery. Yeah. All right, from Udian Parasar at Parasar Udian, they say, one of my favorite Loki moments has to be Loki and Thor meeting Doctor Strange. Loki hitting the floor hard and screaming, I have been falling for 30 minutes. Classic. (laughs) Next up, we have Loki is awesome at Loki is awesome one, (laughs) which says when he's on Sakaar and the fight is about to start and then Hulk comes out and Loki's face just drops and when Thor and Hulk are fighting Loki just cringes it's so funny well yeah he does know what it's like to be thrown around by the Hulk very violently ouch uh all right one more from Ariane at Abel Hanea 
which says, my favorite is definitely the one that made me fall in love with him in the first place. In Marvel Studios' Thor The Dark World, the illusion dissipates to reveal Loki lying on a cell's ground, bleeding, devastated, mourning. I felt so shocked to see all of his vulnerability. And then we have this one from the overpowered tech lord at Alex Pendragon. I know everyone is talking Loki, but I have to shout out how fab fabulous the This Week in Marvel crew looked at the Hellfire Gala last week. James, Bowtizer, cool. Ryan, rocking a sash like I wish I could. Lorraine, wolf whistle, but not in a creepy way, <laughs> which is the right way. I, I, I get the sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that one. I appreciate it. All right, we've got an email in here from Matt. Matt says, hey, Twim, I hope you all had a great Monday and are as excited for Loki as I am. Today, I watched an episode of Daredevil and started doing some digging. I found some info about Earth 61615 and really started digging into it. The stories and the whole plot of that universe sound so amazing and different than everything else I follow in the 616. From that point, I started trying to find some of it on MU, but failed. I also looked around for some reading orders for that reality, but could find none. Then I thought, hey, the good folks at TWIM could probably help me out with this. So here I am requesting the assistance of some reliable Marvel friends. Also, I got to shout out Donnie Cates. He never fails to deliver. Looking forward to his Hulk run, plus big shouts to Peach Momoko. She has definitely grabbed my attention quick. Looking forward to her new projects as well. Thanks so much for your time and have a wonderful evening. Awesome email, Matt. Thank you for that one. So the secret about Earth 61615 is it's not official. It is a fan-created universe. That's why you can't find anything on Marvel Unlimited, and that's not part of any canon in the marvel multiverse some awesome fans created it so i don't really have much more to give you about that one there's nothing we can share with you for it but you know if you're looking for various realities you can go to earth 62218 which is uh where a symbiote empowered dr druid was consumed and assimilated into the reality 17952 and some other crazy stuff i have a we have a whole document with a lot of realities it's pretty cool yeah Man, big week from This Week in Marvel. And on that note, you guys, everybody go watch Marvel Studios' Loki, streaming only on Disney Plus right now. And have a great week. Until next week. This episode of This Week in Marvel was produced by Alexis Williams, Zachary Goldberg, Isabel Robertson, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our audio development manager is Brad Barton. And Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. Special thanks to Loki's Little Smokies, the sinister sausage that will put some mischief in your meal. Loki's Little Smokies, yum, tastes like attempted fratricide. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. And this is Marvel. Your universe.